Hey guys, welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. And uh, zero introduction, I'm gonna dive right in. I just have a couple questions for you, Tyler, if you're Let's okay with it. that. Let's do it. All right, in your neighborhood, if your house, if, if you had four, five disabled vehicles on blocks, no tires, rusted out, it's been sitting there for 10 years, your lawn hasn't been mowed for two years, <laughs> do, do your neighbors have a right to protest that? Do they have a right to be angry and tell you how to quote, run your household, at least on the exterior? So I've actually got a pretty interesting, not a story about this, but where I used to grow up. And this is actually kind of a thing that they're known for. So I grew up in this small little town called Linden, Washington, right? Little Dutch farm community, it's about five, 7,000 people right on the you know US border, Canadian border. And everyone like you know 98% have immaculate lawns it's like what we're known for in linden and there's this joke and i i don't know if it's true or not but if you let your lawn get up to a certain point and don't take care of it the city will just come through and cut it and then charge you for it because we have like this standard and like we would get like, you know, you got your high school basketball. I remember like we went to a game one night and like you get your chance back and forth. Right. And they would like, that was a chant that other schools would have for us somehow. Like, you know, you've got to mow your lawn or, you know, what have you. Right. Like that was something we that's were amazing. known for in the area. So that's kind of funny. That's, that's what you start off with because like having an immaculate lawn and like a property that looks good has been like drilled into me as a young age. So you, so, you like, must clearly have an answer then. Yeah. So I mean, the, that is the million dollar question is like, are, are, you know, are you allowed to do that? And I don't know what the right answer is. There is no right answer, is there? Well, let me ask you another question. Talking off screen about this, how there, you know, sometimes there is no right answer because in one sense, yes, I, I think, you know, there has to be some type of community care for each other, right? You know, I, I think that, if you are a completely individualistic person, I am the only one that matters. You are going to miss out on things. Okay. So we'll come back to that. So, so you yeah. at least put a line. So there may be a line yeah. where it's like, yes and no, who knows, but yeah. there, there is, there is point. some potential. Yeah. So let's, let's go back to the 1960s or early seventies and you're a healthy guy. You care about your health and you get on an airplane where 75% of people pull out a cigarette and start smoking do you have a right to not be happy and to contest that? Well, I mean, the interesting thing is, is, you know, what did we know about smoking back then that we, or that what we did, what did we not know about smoking back then that we know now? Like, is there a difference? Like, I mean, shit, doctors were not, maybe not prescribing, but they were like yeah. on like the front advertisements for smokes, right? Like, but and let's so, say that you don't like it and you believe even in 1968, you believe it's bad for you and your baby, you got your daughter sitting there on your lap. Do you have a right to be fuming and say, this is not right. You should not have the right to smoke on an airplane. I'm still making the choice to get on the airplane, knowing that people are going to be smoking on it. I'm still making that free will choice, right? Okay. So maybe people should still to this day have the right to smoke on an airplane. 
And this is where, and this is where I'm very curious to actually really hear your opinion, because at what point does the overall public health come into play? At, like, at what point do we determine that your individualistic freedom to do whatever the hell you want is so detrimental to the population at large that, sorry, we have to take, take away, I guess, that individualistic freedom for the better of the majority of the human population. So you just put right. another line in. There is a line. There's a there's a yes. Like if both both sides have rights, and somebody may have to compromise. One more question. One more question. Then I'll I'll be done with this game. It's like two. Like if both things can be true. <laughs> Do you have any friends right now that don't just have any real adhere to health values? They're overweight. They don't work out. They just don't give a rip about their health. Do you have any personal friends like that? Yes. Okay. Do you feel toward them like you have to evangelize them a little bit? Like, man, don't you want to be a little healthier? Don't you want to like take care of your body? Like, look what you're the example you're giving your child or, or are you like, Hey man, it's your call. Just do whatever you want. I would say no. I don't because I think that there is sometimes a negative perception around people who are fit and have this complex that they are better than unfit people. And I think that is actually a huge turnoff to unfit people. Um, and so that is something that I actually try not to personify when I'm I mean, I don't have around here. I don't really have anyone that is, you know, in a, to a super fit lifestyle as a friend, like most are kind of in that realm. Um, and so I'm a big believer in showing that you can have a fit and healthy lifestyle, but you can still have your fun too. You can still, you know, go out, enjoy yourself and still kind of incorporate it all together. I, I think that's a more powerful uh, to use your word, evangelical uh, uh, message. Your tax dollars, a large percent of your tax dollars go to pay for their insulin when they get diabetes. They pay for their, uh, you know, other unfit caused healthcare calamities. Um, and you will continue to do that. You will continue as you're staying healthy and staying fit and taking up a markedly lower part of that Canadian healthcare budget subsidized by the, the government through your tax dollars, the rest of your life, you are going to be paying for those people's healthcare choices. Does that change your opinion on maybe there should be some standards of care? I mean, if it's not one thing, it's going to be another. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I'm not paying for healthcare, I'm going to be paying out the ass for something else. I mean, life costs money. Things cost money. Um, like you could have nice things. Like you could have new roads. You could have other, like you could have good things, but instead the portion of in the United States, 70% of people are now overweight or, or obese. Yeah. And, and that type of entitlement spending keeps creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. And you know, these are legitimate questions. The reason I start with these three yeah. examples, of course, the first two that were non-sequential to the last, uh, just to show that you do have this 
problem philosophically. We all do. We have since we were a species with with tribes of 10 or 15 people all around you know, Africa and Europe. You have your individual rights. You, you, you have some rights that we think are inalienable if you live in some kind of a civilized society. But then you also have the collective rights of the group. So do I have the right to murder somebody because I just want to? I really think that person deserves to die. It's my right. Maybe they took a shit on my lawn, my perfectly, you know, Linville lawn. Um, you know, do I have that right? Why, why would you take that right away from me? It's my right to do that. But of course, we as almost every society in the world have decided that, hey, wait, there is a line. You know, all of a sudden your rights aren't quite your rights if they infringe that heavily on the rights of other people. So there is a political axiom that I think people should know. Your rights end where my rights begin. So we both want rights. When those two things collide, we've got a problem and sometimes a big problem. And you see it, of course, with COVID and the mandates and the restrictions and vaccines and so forth. But to our point today, I love what you said about the, the self-righteousness of like, look, I don't care. I have, I have friends who don't work out and don't do anything about their health. And, you know, I, I don't judge anybody for that. I, I don't, just like you. Um, but at the same time, you would have to admit like you're thinking, wow, you know, if all the things that you could be feeling better about or, or I mean, physically and, and all these things that you could eliminate. I mean, I grew up with, with two parents who had zero health values whatsoever. I mean, they both smoked their entire lives. My dad died of heart disease at 65. And even as a child, I mean, I guarantee the reason I am a health scientist is the fact that I, at very early age, was getting these PSAs from school and everywhere else about being healthy, be healthy, be healthy, like that kind of social and public pressure to make better decisions, it worked on me. Yeah. And I think it especially worked because I had the contrast of my own family that was just a living health shit show. And so I could easily see, wow, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to have the life that these people are promising with better health. So I felt that burden. I mean, I barked at my parents their you know, entire lives to get healthy, quit smoking, lose weight. I mean, it begged them, pleaded them. And yet, you know, at the end of the day, they make their own decisions, uh, never made a bit of difference. So maybe I was wasting my time in, in anxiety and maybe I was even damaging our relationship. So I know exactly what you, you're talking about. And that's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about is, you know, do we just have a completely laissez-faire approach? Just let everybody be who they are, or especially because we have this collectivization of taking care of each other's healthcare finances in, in every single country to some level, um, you know, maybe we do have some rights as a group to say, man, we should have some standards of self-care of some level. Tough, tough decision. Yeah, like a, a couple points, um, kind of circling back to, you know, what are your rights and murdering someone? You have that right, but there's going to be consequences, right? Like every decision has a consequence. Like, I'm, and trust me, I'm not saying like, it's okay to just go out and murder someone. Like, this is just an example, but hell yeah, you could just, you could go do that right now. But guess what? You're going to have to suffer that consequence of going to jail but you still had that, that choice to make that free will choice. So 
you know, I think, you know, at what point do we, <laughs> you know, with, with the office and Dwight, you know, rip all the warning labels off, right? And just, you know, kind of let people figure it out themselves and go, hey, you know what? Yeah, you have the choice. But in reality, you're going to have these consequences that you are going to have to deal with because of your choices. I think that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit as well of, well, you have to, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. Well, maybe we don't mandate it, but guess what? I mean, the consequence from what we know from the data is a very high probability of an early death. Okay. I mean, that's, that's someone's very personal choice to make. I'm all for that. I also think you're, my you're second, spending 40% of your tax dollars for them to make those poor decisions while you make the right decisions, or, or I should put that in quotes, right? Decisions. I was going to say, well, yeah, what's, what's a wrong decision and what's a right decision, <laughs> the right? Healthier I mean, decision to take care of yourself. The, the things that we can empirically say through science will decrease your risk of yeah. disease and mortality. Yeah. Well, let, let me, let me tell you this. Yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that one. I, I, I do agree. It's, but my 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 second point was going to rotate around to the messaging, and I think that is something that really needs to be focused on because the messaging behind and around all of this has become so partisan, and it can be so black and white and binary of this, that, and and the messaging of cohesiveness and public health I think has really gotten lost in the shuffle. Well, I'm going to tell you that I do have all the answers and I'm going to give you the, the solved uh, solution to, to th this whole uh, crisis. But uh, president. Af after I give you that answer, I will tell you how you can immediately you know, chop it down at the knees. So first of all, I, I do agree that we should have those kinds of rights, as you said, even, even for somebody who you know, is, is maybe making some poor choices, like you have those rights, but you said the word consequences. And this is where people get very angry when you say, well, you have the choice to do that, but you're going to have to pay this ungodly syntax on high sugar, on alcohol, on tobacco, because those kinds of things in society cost society more money. They, you know, traffic deaths and lawsuits and literal death. And, and you know, just like there is a cost. And so you engaging in that, you will pay that cost. It's not just a consequence to yourself as in the personal consequences, but you, there is a societal cost. Now, the problem with that is when there's just not enough safeguard. So as I said, your rights end where my rights begin, you know, with COVID as an example, without any vaccines, with a novel virus that is sweeping the world, we saw the pictures of in Italy, we saw the pictures from New York City with his corpses piled up. They're literally throwing corpses on ice rinks because there's no, no zero space in the morgue. And again, no protection, no vaccines. Everybody's just freaking the fuck out. And yet even just something as simple as masks, like we think like this is going to protect at least some and, and especially the N95s, like it's, it's some protection. It will reduce transmission. It will save millions of lives. Just do it. No, you can't take my freedom away. I'm, I'm not going to wear that mask. And, uh, and so all of a sudden now, you know, your daughter could have died because somebody was, you know, putting their rights above your rights. Now, again, my point is there is a line, as I was putting in our metaphors at the beginning, but the line moves. It moves with every new data point, every new context. And it, that has to be something that's 
just nonstop communicated through society. And, and another word you use was messaging. So I was somebody who's like, look, you know, just like the smoking on an airplane scenario, you know, you don't have the right to murder other people because you're going to go out and spread COVID and so forth. Now we have vaccines. Now we can protect the vulnerable. Now, you know, all of those things are in place. So now my position is zero mandates, zero restrictions. I don't care if you get vaccinated or not. I'm protected. My family's protected, you know, so, so it's over like that. That should be the answer. You know, we, we, we needed those safeguards here. Now we've got a solution and now we can move on, but you don't see a lot of people with that kind of social flexibility. It's either one position or the other, typically driven by their political or media ideology. And, and then it's just a battle forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I fully agree. <clears throat> At the beginning, I was full on. Yep. Let's, you know, mandates. We know that this works. You know, we have to sacrifice short term for long term. Let's do it. Now, like in BC, like where I live, 90% of people are vaccinated. And yet we still just got done with another round of restrictions. And guess what? They just opened back up. Nothing changed from when, like, literally nothing changed. Like, it, it, so yeah, it is getting to that point where it's, hey, you know what? You're probably the people who are not vaccinated at this point, and don't mean to turn this into like just you know the the pure COVID thing, but you're probably not going to convince them. They're probably not going to do it. So why fucking try? Like, let's just. I'm pretty sure everyone's done. Let's move on. Like, no more mandates. Personal freedom. Let's get back because it is wreaking havoc on people's mental health physical health like it is it is getting exactly. to a point exactly. where it's 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 tough i have you know i have essentially been in canada for two years i have just it's they made it very hard to leave in the beginning awesome thank you i'm glad my country did some of that but now it's going on a little bit too long for exactly. my liking exactly yeah, and, and i and i have friends in canada who are trying to get work visas to get permanent residency in the u.s because they're like dude this is fascism we're done but let's let's end on that note that you you again you used another word that I'm going to pick out as just the, the perfect perfect way to encapsulate this topic, which is in the messaging and and incentive because the other side of consequences is incentive by proper messaging and inclusion, and so when you see things like you know the the moniker healthy to any size and you know non intentional weight loss and intuitive eating and and, and, you know, just, just trying to eliminate shame. I'm for all of that. I, I'm for everybody feeling zero pressure. Uh, but like I said, there is a caveat. Again, you look, at, you look at consequence and incentive. If I knew that my poor health choices were so bad that I'm just sucking the life out of everybody else through tax dollars and entitlement programs, I mean, I would probably feel, you know, bad enough to want to at least keep up a certain level of health, but it is up to us as a culture to incentivize people. And you can do that monetarily. I mean, if, if you're at a societal leadership level, you're in congressman, parliament, something like that, you, you could do things like the taxes and even the tax credits. If you are super healthy, you show up for your annual physical and your blood markers are here and your BMI is here, you know, hey, wow, we're going to reduce your taxes. You're going to get a thousand dollar tax credit because, because you're taking care of yourself. You guys over there who your BMI is 40 and your cholesterol is 400, guess what? 
you're going to get a thousand dollar increase in your you know tax dollars that go to insurance type premiums because you're, you're costing society that burden. I think that alone produces some incentive shift where it doesn't have to be just this moralistic pushing and pulling and, and arguing. Um, but you know, it takes, it takes people to make those decisions. And how, and how do you get people to make those decisions in a society that has become very, very individualistic and all about just me, right? Like how, again, do you start to shift that messaging where, where you talk about public health and the first word that people think of isn't socialism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like how do you start to shift that, that type of, uh, of messaging where, yeah, you, you're not infringing on someone's right to be fat or to be, uh, you know, unhealthy if they so choose to be, but still kind of don't punish them for it. Right. Well, like and, how does and- that, you know what I mean? Or not because you're not punishing them, but it might look like you're punishing them, right? Like where, you know, how does that change? And let me go one step further. I'm so glad you brought that up because to even say that based on your quote performance, you know, your cholesterol, your you know, that takes genetics completely out of the picture, which could completely tilt it for, I mean, I mean, imagine that, that ectomorph who's got perfect genetics and so forth. And all of a sudden you're, 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 you're giving them rewards for something that they did not earn. Somebody else could have horrible obesity in their, their DNA, the propensity for that. And, and all these things. I mean, I know, you know, people who are hypercholesteremic because of just a genetic defect and, and so again, you know, now, now all of a sudden that line that we decide has to be here for right now in this position at this time, now it's like, oh, now we also have to have these layers of exceptions and so forth. And so this is what gets people really riled up because all of those can become political talking points where one side is just attacking the other and, and you know, pulling in their ranks of soldiers to do their fighting for them socially. Yeah. And, and it, it's completely unsolvable in mass. And, and that was really my biggest point. It, it even asking you those questions in the introduction is to say that, yes, everybody has a right. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm showing like grass height levels again. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody has certain rights and we should be willing to forfeit or bend certain rights for the rights of others. And the, the one thing that, that you, you perfectly said is, the way we treat each other and incentivizing just by, you know, and I when I use the word messaging, I don't want it to sound so like businessy or political, but just the fact that you're leading with some level of compassion, like, look, of course you be you, but you know, the, here are, here are ways to do this. Here are ways, you know, opportunities for people to be healthier and live better and so forth. And that is if your tax dollars weren't going all toward ill health, they could go toward things that actually allow for better health. I mean, imagine if you weren't spending hundreds of millions of dollars on poor health and you could all of a sudden build skate parks and places like this and all the cities and kids have a place to go and, you know, after school programs and and things that, again, everything, like you said, costs money, but we can spend money for better things when we're not paying for each other's, you know, poor choices, including other aspects of life. Like you said, reckless driving, drinking, you know, it's not, it's not just overall health. It's, it's total behavior. Yeah. 
Yeah. Great point. I yeah, fully agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, I, I lied. We didn't solve it, but, uh, no, but at least we I, tried. I, we showed people that the context is so multifaceted and so large that it's not a problem meant to be solved. It's meant to be managed one society, one one crisis or one context at a time. And, and that's that's what civil societies do. They communicate, they talk, they govern, they, they lead, they follow, they bend. And, and it's all just a, a big, happy mess that moves forward, but hopefully without a lot of you know strife or, or at least the, the needless strife that we see today. Yeah, it, it, it does seem that we could certainly spend our money in better in better areas. That's, that's for sure without, I mean, that could probably be a whole other hour of, of topics, but yeah, I think just trying to get people to, you know, have a better understanding of that public health, get rid of that shame, just the, the amount of money that could be saved, the amount of headaches and deaths and, and things like that. I mean, I always tell people like getting into fitness is truly the fountain of youth. Like we spend all of our time, like looking for this special thing, like, you know, to make us look younger, to feel younger, to do all this. And it's like, just take care of yourself a little bit more, you know, go for walks, lift a little bit, eat a little bit better. And guess what? You found it. I feel like we need a cool sign off. Like this should be where we say, Hey, this is Tyler and Joe go love one another. Uh, or we could just like, ours will be like, just, just, you know, don't be assholes. That'll be our sign off. Don't be an asshole. Right. Yeah. But uh, everybody, thanks for watching, listening. Tyler, thanks as always. I, I love these chats and I hope we're making a difference just getting people to think about some of these deeper topics in our own health and fitness community. And we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.